I have a few thoughts that I want to share with you uh, this morning. And uh, that, that the Lord just kind of impressed on me. And so I want to share a scripture with you because there's obviously a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. And there's a lot of uh, fear and anxiety. You hear the words of panic and just all of these things that we hear, you know, even the word pandemic. And you just hear these things like, man, is life ever going to be normal again? And, and it's easy to give in to fear. It's easy to allow your mind to go in places that it never should and uh, and to really be overcome uh, with some things. But I want to share a verse with you out of Luke chapter 12, and this is in verse 25 and verse 26. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. But it says, does worry add anything to your life? Can it add one more year or even one more day? If so, worrying, or it says, I'm sorry, it says, so if worrying adds nothing, but actually subtracts from your life. Now, I think that's an interesting statement. If worrying actually adds nothing, but it actually steals from you, why would you worry about God's care for you? And he's really, Jesus has really given us the instructions here. And he says, look, if, if worrying can't accomplish anything, but the reality is, is that it actually robs from you. Because what does it take from you? It takes from your peace. It takes from your joy. It takes from all these things that God wants to give us, even in this time of uncertainty, is that worry just complicates things even more. And it doesn't mean that we're oblivious. That's not what I'm saying. But I, I can be concerned without being fearful. And they're not the same thing. Is that concern means, hey, I'm going to take precautions. I'm going to do what I need to do. Concern can be, hey, I'm going to wash my hands. But fear is, I'm going to lock myself in a closet because I'm afraid to be exposed to anybody. You see the difference? I mean, there's a big difference. And, and so we can have concerns. We can do things that we need to do that are, are, that are wise, that we've been instructed to do. But fear is going to a whole different place. And so... You know, I want to share just a thought with you that I believe will help you with this is how do you keep from worrying? Number one is that you can control certain things. You know, you can control what the money you do spend. You can't necessarily always control what happens, you know, in the world around us financially. You can't control the stock market. That's out of your control. But you can control certain things. And so why don't you just say, hey, I'm going to take care of the things that I can take care of. So I'll say it this way, is that you can control the controllable. But the uncontrollable things actually belong to the Lord. You just have to trust the Lord with it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today some, is trusting the Lord. Because there are things that we can control. I can control what I'm going to do today. I can control certain things that I'm going to think about today. But there are things that are outside of my control. And worry really happens when I start to be overly concerned and overly fearful about things that I that are really outside of my controllable environment outside of things that I can handle. And those are things that I have to just recognize that, hey, there's nothing I can do about this. And so I'm going to trust the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you today, just with that thought, is that God is working in the midst of this. And so I want to encourage you, just do your part. Don't try to do everything. Do your part and then trust that God is going to do His part. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 3 through, I'm sorry, verses 5 through 8 say this. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Now that word trust means to be confident. It means to be secure. It means to be bold. You know, and here's one of the things that I can tell you. Is that if your heart isn't in the right place, you'll end up in the wrong place. Now, I'm going to repeat that because I think it's important. If your heart is in the wrong place, you'll end up in the wrong place. 
And that happens in so many ways because it, and that's where worry comes in. That's where anxieties come in. All of these things that are happening to us, and or not even necessarily to us because many of us aren't experiencing a lot of things. I mean, yes, the coronavirus is around us, but it's not in my house. It's not in my life right now. And even if it were... I still have the ability to believe God because God is a God who heals. God is actively working in our life. But I have to choose to trust in Him. But when I begin to worry, my heart begins to move to a place that it shouldn't. And my my my, my trust and my hope and, and my faith begin to move away from what God said in His Word. And so we have to, to establish this in our life is that we have to put our trust and our, our, our focus in something. So why not put it in the Lord? And here it says, trust in the Lord or focus on the Lord with all of our heart. It goes on, it says, do not depend on our own understanding. So don't depend, don't lean on what we understand or what we know. It says, seek His will in all that we do. He will show us the path to take, what we are to do next. Well, I don't know what to do next. Begin a conversation with the Lord. Begin asking Him why. Because it says if we would seek His will, He will tell us what to do. And so, you know, and so today I want to share with you a thought and I want to give you a few things that I believe will help us to really stay focused and to keep our heart in a place that it needs to stay. And so I want to give you a statement that I want to use to kind of as our launching point this morning together. But And I think that it's important because there are a lot of things right now that are uncertain. There's a lot of things that we're not clear on. There's a lot of things that we don't know. There's a lot of assumptions that are even being made right now in the world. And it's a lot of what ifs. But this is what I want to encourage you with today is never trade what you know for what you don't know. Never trade what you know for what you don't know. Because there are things that we can know. There are things that we can have and be very confident in, but yet we could what? We could trade those things. Let me say it another way. We could forfeit what we know for something that we don't know or something that could happen, maybe happen. What would happen if all of these things You know, I shared with you last week the the quote from Mark Twain. He says that I've faced many terrible things in my life and a few of them have actually happened. Right? Because why? Because worry gets into our thoughts and we begin to focus too much on those things. And so I want to share with you six quick thoughts here about things that we know from God's Word. And when we can keep these as our focus, I believe that it will help us, what, stay stable. It will keep us steady during this time. And so, the first thing that we know from Scripture is this, and this is an important one, and I believe that everything starts from this, is that number one is that God loves us. More specifically, God loves you. That's so important because if we understand, I mean, when we understand that somebody loves us, it actually provides security, and when we understand that God loves us, it will provide security that what? That God is with us. God is for us. We're going to talk about some of these things this morning. But all of those things are really built upon the understanding that God loves us. He really does. I mean, God will not abandon us. Why? Because He loves us. God will provide for us. Why? Because He loves us. God will give us peace. Why? Because He loves us. Now, in Romans chapter 8, In verse 35, there's a scripture that says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Can anything? And it goes on, it says, Does it mean that He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry 
or destitute or are in danger or are threatened with death. I mean, he says, look, just because I face things, does this mean that God no longer loves me? I mean, this isn't like, you know, the old game that we used to play and grab a flower. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. It's not like that because it goes on. It says, just because we face moments or, or trials in life, it says, does, can anything separate us? Verse 37 says, no, emphatically, no. Just because we're facing something doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. It says, despite or in spite of all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And so we have to be confident in that. That's one of the things that we can really focus and put that in the forefront of our mind is to keep our heart in the right places to know that God loves me. God is paying attention. He has not forgotten about me. And it can be, it's easy to feel forgotten about during this time because we're spending more time alone and depending on your family structure, how many people you have in the house, you may be spending a lot more time isolated. But I would encourage you during this time, don't be isolated. I mean, yes, we need to separate. Yes, there's things that we need to do in that way. Yes, sure. But don't allow that separation to become isolation. Reach out. Why? Because you need connection, but not just connection with people. You need that connection with the Lord as well. And that's what it's talking about here is that nothing can separate us. Can any pandemic, can any uh, confinement separate us from the love of God? Absolutely not. Why? Because God is with us all the time. So the second thing, the second idea or the thought that I want to share with you today is this. So number one is that God loves us. Number two is that God is faithful. God is faithful. He is true. He, he will do what He said that He will do. In Psalms chapter 37 verse 25, the psalmist writes and he says, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen God forsake His people. God is not forsaking you right now. No, He's right there with you. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says that the Lord is faithful and He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Not only is He faithful, but, but He's there to strengthen you. He's there to guard you from what? From the evil one, from what's happening in the world. And, and so it's so easy to forget these things and to get moved off of what we know to be true from the Word of God. But God is faithful. The Bible says that He's faithful to what? To complete the good work that He's already started in you. He's faithful to you. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to pull back. Another scripture that talks about this, and I think this is so powerful for us today is 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. And it says this is that we all experience times of testing or trials or adversity. You can put whatever adjective you want in there. But the truth is, is that we all face things in life. This world is, is full of trouble at times. And yet it says, and it goes on, it says, which is normal for every human being. Everybody's facing these circumstances. And it says, but God will be faithful to you. God will be faithful to you in the midst of every test, in the midst of every trial, in the midst of every circumstance. Whatever you're facing today, God will be faithful to you. And it says at each test that it's an opportunity to what? To trust Him more. Every time that we face a trial, it actually gives us a moment to lean into God even more. Just as we read a few minutes ago there from Proverbs. It says to lean in to God. 
And that's what we need to do during this time. We need to be leaning into Him as our strength, as our source, as the one who knows what's going on and He knows exactly what we need. So each trial is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. See, we're not just trying to survive this moment. We're not just trying to make it through. No, we want to come out stronger than we walked into it. You know, there's the idea that you can either survive this or you can actually thrive through this. And I think that some of what we're facing right now is causing us to reevaluate some things, which I think is a good thing. We're starting to look at certain priorities. We're starting to look at things that we focused on before, things that aren't as important. Well, hey, God's going to provide a way for us to what come out of this stronger than we walked into this. But we have to be focused on the right things. And so I want to encourage you. Number one, God loves you. God is faithful to you. Here's the third one, is that God is for you. God is for you today. He's not against you. He's not mad at you. He's not, you know, I mean, I know that there's lots of opinions on this. And people can say, oh, well, this is the judgment of God on America. Well, the Bible says that judgment was poured out on Christ. That's what the Bible says. Is that God is not trying to settle the score with anybody. He already settled the score in Christ. And that's what we have to know, is that God is for you. God is for your best. And sometimes what looks like is going to be the thing to take you out will be the very thing that God will use to promote you, to get you to a place that you would have never been able to be at had that adversity not come. And so we see in Psalms chapter 145 verse 18, it says, The Lord is close to those who call on Him. Yes, to those who call on Him in truth. The Lord is what? He's for us. He's on our side. The message translation in Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this. I love this. He says, don't panic. Listen to me. Don't panic in this moment. You don't have to. Why? And it goes on. He says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't panic. Don't freak out. God is with you. There's no need to fear for I'm your God. I'll, I'll give you strength. I'll help you. He goes on and he says, I'll hold you steady and keep a firm grip on you. What a powerful promise from Scripture. There's no reason to panic. There's no reason to fear because we have a God who's sitting on the throne, who sees everything. You know, this week uh, around the house, we were talking to my son and we, we were telling him about the this, this song about the whole, you know, uh, he's got the whole world in his hands, right? We used to sing it. Well, do we really believe that? Is it, and I love this part here where it says that God promises, he says, I will hold you steady. One translation says, I will hold you in my victorious, righteous right hand. That God is holding you. He has you. He's for you. And, and so we have to understand these things. Here's the fourth truth that I want to share with you today. is not only is God for you, but God is also with you. You are not alone. As much as, as your thoughts and your feelings may tell you that, you're only as, as alone as you allow yourself to be. Why? Because you have the presence, the very person of God lives on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. John 14, uh, verse 18 out of the Amplified Bible, Jesus actually talking about the Holy Spirit because Jesus is telling the disciples, hey, 
I'm about to leave, but don't worry, there's a plan. And he tells them this. He says, I will not leave you as orphans that are comfortless, that are helpless, that are hopeless. No, we have God on the inside of us. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through 6. He says, For God Himself has said, I will not fail you, nor give up on you, nor leave you without support. He says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you, nor let my uh, let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. And so it goes on here, and in verse 6 it says, So take comfort and be encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear what can man do to me. What a powerful scripture here that we see. Is that God says it three times. I will not. I will not. I will not. Relax my, my grip, my hold on you in any way. But I will be to you what I said that I would be. And man, what a powerful thing that we can have that we can hold on to during this moment. Now this one here is pretty similar and pretty closely related, but number five is this. So we just said that God is is what? God is with us, but you know, God is also in us as well. Romans 8.11 says, The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And just as He raised Christ from the dead, He will also give life to our mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. The Bible tells us that Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet we have that same power living on the inside of us. And so we can draw on that. To give us the strength that we need. And so it's important that we know this. Jesus told the disciples that in John 14. He said, man, look, it is that the Holy Spirit is with you now, but he's going to be in you. You have the very, the very presence of God on the inside of you. Not just his presence, but who he is by the person of the Holy Spirit. So we're not as alone as we may feel. But we need to what? Draw, we need to, to lean in to God during this time. It's a great time because there's not that much going on. There's not that much we can do per se. But we, but you can be busy doing unimportant things, non-useful things, if you want to say it that way. Or we can lean into that time and use this time and utilize it and really leverage it so that we come out of this moment even stronger than we walked into it. Here's my last point for you today. Is this, is that God in you is more than enough. God in you is more than enough for what we are facing. God in me is enough for what I'm facing. And I don't have to worry. And this is what I I can know this. Why? Because the scriptures tell me this. This isn't just something that I think about. This is something that I know. This is something I can have confidence in. 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says this, The Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in this world. You know, one time I, I used it as an illustration, but I took a 12-ounce Coke can that was, not, that was sealed up. You know, it wasn't open. And I set it on the floor and I stood on it. 12-ounce can and me, a 200-pound man, stood on top of it. And guess what? The, the Coke actually, the can of Coke supported my weight. Why? Because the pressure inside was greater than the pressure from the outside. See, there's a lot of pressure that we sense right now in the world. But the truth is, is that we have a greater presence on the inside of us if we'll tap into it. 
And, and so all the pressures that's coming from the outside, those are just externals. But what's more important is what's happening on the inside of us. Because the greater one lives on the inside of every single one of us. And it's important for us to know this. And so I want to encourage you today, never trade what you know for what you don't know. Because it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to, to see the news and, you know, and I would encourage you, you can check the news, just don't watch it all the time. Turn it off. It's just constantly the drone of it happening, constantly happening. All these things, all these negative things constantly. You can check the news, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't just leave it on in the house all day. Why? Because that's just going to, it's going to put things into your heart that you don't really want. That aren't really going to serve you well during this time. And so I want to just encourage you with that thought again. Never trade what you know for what you don't. You know, there's a, a such a precious scripture that I came across in the last couple of weeks in Exodus. And this is right after the children of Israel have gone from uh, Egyptian slavery. They've walked through the Red Sea. God has done just amazing miracles because it looked like that the children of Israel were going to be done. That they were up against really the ocean and, and Pharaoh and his army are charging towards them. And yet God made a way even through the middle of the Red Sea for the children of Israel to walk through. And yet Moses writes this. And, and I think that it ser- would serve us well to do this as well. And it comes out of Exodus 15 verse 2 and it says, The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God and I will praise Him. My Father's God and I will exalt Him. So look, here's my encouragement to you today. And this may seem a little funny in a way. But you know... We have a link for you to go and to enter into a time of praise and worship. There's nothing more powerful in the life of a believer, I don't think, than praise and worship. Yes, we need to know God's Word, but we also need to experience God's presence. And so what we can do during this time is that we can take our problems and we can turn them into some praise. And sometimes we need to do that. We can take our worries and we can begin to turn them into worship to God. And what happens in praise and in worship is that God gets bigger. Our problems get put back into perspective. And so God gets big and our problems get small. And and it causes our hope and our faith to rise. And so I want to encourage you today. Man, jump online. You may have praise and worship songs that really minister to you. Are you listening to those? Are Are you putting those into your spirit? Because it will pay dividends for you. You know, right now there's a very popular song that we see all over the internet. It was written a few weeks ago. But it's called The Blessing. And it's by Cody Carnes and Carrie Job and Elevation Worship. I would encourage you, if you haven't ever heard of it or listened to it, man, I would just encourage you, get online, search it. It's called The Blessing. And uh, it, it's such a, a powerful song. But it really, uh, part of the song comes out of Numbers chapter 6. In verse 24 through 26, I'm going to read this to the Amplified Bible, out of the Amplified Bible, because I believe that it really uh, speaks to this moment. And I don't think it's by accident that this song just happened to be written really on the front end of this uh, here for us in the States. But the verse it says in verse 24, it says, The Lord, and it's really a prayer of Aaron who was the priest in the Old, uh, Old Covenant. He said, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Amplified adds that He would protect you or sustain you and guard you. The Lord make His face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. There's that goes back to this, that God loves us, that the Lord would lift up His countenance upon you and that He would give you 
peace. So that's my prayer for you today, is that the Lord would bless you, the Lord would keep you, that He would make His face shine upon you, that He would be gracious to you, that He would give you favor. I know that you may be dealing with uncertainty concerning your job. Hey, stand upon the favor of God. God's favor can open doors for you. God's favor can do things for you that you could never do for yourself. But watch God do it. It goes on and says that He would be gracious surrounding you with His love, that he would give you His peace. And so I want to pray for you this morning this. Father God, I just thank You right now. Father, I thank You for Your Word. Father, I thank You that Your Word is truth to us. I thank You that Your Word is life to us. Father, I thank You that Your Word gives us confidence regardless of what we may face in our life. And so, Father, I thank You that just as You said in Your Word, You would never leave us. You would never forsake us. But, Father, You are always with us in the midst of every situation, in the midst of every trial. Father, that You are there. Father, that it's a great time for us to lean into You, to trust You, and, Father, to see You work. So, Father, I thank You for what You are doing in all of our lives, even in the midst of this moment. Father, I thank you that we are coming out of this stronger than we came into it. And Father, I thank you that you are working in us and for us. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you may be here today and you've never committed your heart to the Lord. Look, I would encourage you, don't just make this a decision because of circumstances or because of fear. Because of what you see happening. It's like, oh man, I need to get my, my heart right with the Lord. No, to, to really surrender our heart is what? It's a laying down of our life and a picking up of a life that Christ died for us to have. And so it is this beautiful exchange that we can have with God. And so I want to encourage you, make this a commitment to the Lord, not just a, a decision in this moment. But I would encourage you, look, right above this, there's those links that I shared about earlier. There's one that says connect and prayer and all those. If, if you want to make that decision for Christ, look, I would encourage you, click on that link. Let us know the decision that you're desiring to make because we want to help you with your next steps. We want to help you not just uh, make this decision in this moment. We, we want to help you walk this thing out because salvation is more than a moment. Salvation is a, a process that we walk through. Now, we're saved. I don't mean to say that we get saved in the process of time. That's not what I'm saying. But the Bible talks about that we work out or walk out salvation in our life. And so we make a decision and we get saved in a moment. But yet to experience the fullness of that salvation might take a process in walking out. So we want to help give you your next steps. And so we believe that everybody has a next step. And so we just want to help you take your next one today.